0: Urban Spelunking is supported by Landmark Credit Union. Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Imig, from 88.9. Well, here we are on the east side uh, at Beans and Barley. This is, um, I guess it was surprising to me that Beans and Barley has been on. Um, a business in Milwaukee for 50 years.
1: Almost, yeah. It's going to be 50 in 2023,
0: I think. That's that's yep. really impressive, you know, for a business to make it that long and to kind of keep the same identity and the same concept and the same neighborhood. They've been on the, the east side. Uh, for the entire existence, and um, as some might know and some might not know, there was a big fire in 1993 on the east side that wiped out the original Beans and Barley building, Um, and it's interesting that there's this 27 midpoint year thing that you found out in your research. Completely
1: coincidentally, it, it occurred to me as I was writing this that the new building is 27 years old, and the old building was 27 years old when it burned. Like, I mean, I made that sort of the lead of the story, which implies that I did the story because of that timing but it was purely coincidental.
0: Sometimes these weird things just pop up in your research Kismet. and Yeah, it's just though it's just it just adds this extra layer. So right. uh the original building was um destroyed by fire in 1993? Yes. And they built this really modern um uh, glass encased building since and it was a lot different from the previous building that yeah, was there. a little
1: a little controversial at the time because the older building was um when it burned had sort of almost an old west kind of look to it. Like uh-huh. it was this wooden building it was basically sort of two wooden boxes with fake dormers on it and then like a a a rustic wooden porch out front. So when it after it burned, they built this one, which was I mean if we think it looks modern even now it that nearly 30 years ago that people thought it looked, you know, there were people who were unhappy that it didn't look like the older building.
0: Yeah. And of course there's the beans and barley space that so many know, but also beneath that space, there's always been this, this underground addition to the building, uh, at least since uh, for the last 27 years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. And it was there before too, that in the old building there was a club down there called Shooters. Oh, okay. So that I played in at Shooters a couple of times.
0: Ah, I yes. see. I see. So the, the basement area was unaffected by the fire?
1: Um, no, it was affected, but they actually left the, they built the new building on the foundation of the old building. Oh, I see. So interestingly, the, when you go down there, it feels really like the space felt in the old building.
0: So in the underground space is this really unique mini golf course called Nine Below. And it's maybe even unfair to call it a mini golf course because because
1: you make it yourself.
0: Yeah. You change the course when you go, it's never the same. So wow. How long has that been there?
1: Uh, that opened in 20... Eighteen, I believe okay, um and then had a little while before a little bit of a run before the pandemic came, and as the owner told me, you know there's pretty much nobody that would want to be in a windowless basement during the pandemic, so while other places were able to adapt to maybe having outdoor seating or this or that, they basically just had to shut down because there was there was no middle ground,
0: yeah, I suppose that was uh, really difficult for the business, and they've since installed um, some. Air filtration systems, mm-hmm. and they're now reopened. They so. just
1: reopened uh, in early November. Yep.
0: But of course, the history of this site goes way back. I mean, the the previous building was built in the '60s. Of course, this has been a busy intersection, a busy part of Milwaukee um, for much much longer. In fact, uh, you found some pictures from uh, that predate even the original building.
1: Yeah, I, f- I found a really great photo, and I tried to recreate. Uh, the photo by, by doing a then and now, I went and stood in roughly the same spot and took a, a now photo.
0: I love those then and nows. You can find that in Bobby's story, which we've got a link to on our website. And coming up in the second part of our conversation, we're going to talk about the, the those early days, those some of those archive photos and. The really interesting restaurant that was there on this site by the name of Frenchie's. Yeah, um, a lot of folks will recognize it because a the uh, the, the waitstaff had a certain look that was very distinctive, mm-hmm. and they had a really wacky menu. They did a
1: really wacky menu, and their <laughs> owner Paul LePoint, whose nickname was Frenchie, was a really a, an East Side character. So a lot of people remember him.
0: All right, we're going to get into that next on Urban Spelunking.
1: Support for eighty-eight nine Radio Milwaukee comes from your membership and Landmark Credit Union. Landmark Credit Union is proud to support Urban Spelunking, and is proud to have been guiding members with financial options since 1933. Information about membership is at LandmarkCU.com. Landmark Credit Union. Like listening to Milwaukee Produced Podcast? Then check out Radio Milwaukee's innovation podcast, Diverse Disruptors, hosted by me, to Rick Moody. We talk with entrepreneurs from across the country that are innovating for a more inclusive world. Listen at slash Disruptors. Diverse Disruptors is presented by University of Wisconsin Milwaukee, Northwestern Mutual, and United Ways Tequity.
0: All right, we're back at Beans and Barley and Nine Below. All right. The first half, we kind of covered what's there now. Of course, Beans and Barley rebuilt 27 years ago, and um, it was able to keep the business thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly an east side institution. And the space beneath has been, I guess, a, a string of different clubs and they've been mostly yeah. bars and nightlife. Yeah,
1: the new building, I think when the new building first opened, Esso, Esoteria 2, SO2, two, I think, opened in there. Um, and then it's been a bunch of stuff since, and I'm going to forget some of them because there have been more than I can even remember, but Decibel was there. Um, Mantra. Mantra was there. Uh, and Deep Bar was Mantra and Deep Bar were the... or Yeah,
0: the Vodka Bar, I yeah, think. Which yeah, which was the
1: same time. Um, and then I think there's an, another one that was in there briefly that, that I can't remember the name. Oh, the was. library. Well, then after that one was the Library Club. The Library Club, okay. And then after Library Club was um, Is Nine Below.
0: So it's been a, it's been a few things over the years.
1: Yeah, and in the old building, uh, it was Esoteria at the end, Shooters before that. Um, then it was um, Fried Eggs and Tootsies.
0: Okay, that which, one kind of threw me. Yeah, Fried Eggs and, fried egg and Tootsies, which was owned
1: a restaurant, I believe. i had never been there. Owned by um, John Garlic, who we've talked about a number of times. Oh, ah, yes, John we, Garlic. We talked about his house, which on Lafayette Place. The yes. balloon uh, house on Lafayette Place. But we also talked about the natatorium restaurant with, yes, with the dolphins. With he the owned, dolphins. With the, speaking of wa- wacky wildlife.
0: So he um, owned the same. Was he the owner of both uh, the natatorium with the dolphins and the Frenchies?
1: Uh, he did not own Frenchies, but he owned uh, this fried eggs and okay. Tootsies, which was in the lower level.
0: Okay, all right. So I'm getting yeah. confused here. So fried egg and Tootsies, were those two separate things? like, Or was that no, the whole the name, of of the the name of the restaurant? Yeah. You got to explain that. Like, yeah. That makes no sense yeah, I to me. I,
1: right. I don't know what that means.
0: Right? <laughs> I guess it's memorable, <laughs> right? I thought it was
1: interesting that the one ad I found for it said it had an all-you-can-eat seafood buffet. And when I thought about the natatorium and the. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: probably specific. not. Hopefully not Dolphin, I right? Hope not. <laughs> um, but hey, I mean, but with the
1: Frenchies, this is a perfect segue into Frenchies, right? Yes. We hope it wasn't Dolphin, but then, meanwhile, upstairs...
0: <laughs> All right, so you got to tell me about this menu. Okay, you, this, so Frenchie, this, this actually existed, right? I mean, you, we, you found yeah. the menu. So yeah, it's, it's
1: yeah. Proof people, it was, people know about this. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not a secret. Um, so Paul LaPointe, Frenchie, um, opened his place in 1945, but in, you know, where the Beans and Barley building is now, there's that triangular parking lot next to it. Mm-hmm. There used yeah. to be buildings on the parking lot and no building where... Where the building currently is. Got it. Okay. So um Paul LePoint had Frenchies in one of those buildings that are no longer there. Um and he wanted to move. Uh so he built he had the new building built, which is the old Beans and Barley building. Um and he had waitresses dressed as like French maids and um Frenchies, yeah. Yeah, right. And um he had this and he used to have live jazz in there and there are some recordings online you can find of, of musicians playing at Frenchies and he put out a record of uh, some stuff that was recorded at Frenchies um, But then he had this Wacky menu that um, There's a couple of them floating around that you can still find Out on the, out on the internet um, And they don't all have hippo On them but they all have <laughs> One has hippo um, But they all have wild African lion They all have like um, Raccoon
0: yeah, deep south raccoon. Deep south
1: raccoon. I was
0: impressed with the lion, by the way, that there was like three or four different cuts that you could get. Like you could get the uh, the sirloin Wait, of the lion. Right. There this was... is so wrong. <laughs> <It was> just, <laughs> you had options for eating the West African lion.
1: Oh God, I know this is so wrong. It's just like to our like
0: right to, I... our,
1: to our modern taste.
0: Yes, I'll have this the sounds lion. so ridiculous. Doesn't How it? would you like your lion prepared?
1: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, and I think even back then, uh, if people weren't squeamish about it uh in the same way we we are um it was still a curiosity i mean there was sure. still like there was elk and caribou and like and buffalo which i mean we eat that you know but um
0: and this was 60s 70s right 50s 50s and 60s
1: 50s and 60s when that, okay best i can t- from the the menus i found dated to then i haven't seen earlier menus or later menus so I, i'm not sure that it was there at all times but um but, yeah, so these were some of the things you could get at French. So it was kind of a wacky place. At the same time, he also did sort of standard, like, French dining, like, fine dining food okay. as well. You know, I mean, you didn't have to go there and eat lion. You, <laughs> you could just also go there and get, like, a, a steak or something.
0: You know. I'm looking at the picture of the menu that you found here. I'm, I want to just make sure I'm... Quoting I'm this sure correctly. I'm sure we're forgetting some of these. Yeah, so I mean, there was venison, there was mallard duck, there was quail. This and
1: apparently, all... when you got the duck, they brought you the entire duck. <laughs> sort of like when you go to China and you get the Peking duck, and they bring oh, really? okay. the yeah. oh, really? Head, okay. Oh, really? Okay. The whole
0: shebang. Everything. The wild boar. All right. So this is the lion. Um, I'd imagine we're talking, you know, fifties, sixties. If you so, go for the the rib and loin chops of lion,
1: how much is that? Four dollars?
0: No, that goes for eleven fifty. Holy so that cow! Was, in that
1: t- in that in those days, that's a lot of money.
0: That's a lot of money. So yeah. I mean, that's that's a special occasion. You
1: were paying for that.
0: Yeah, you're not just eating lion on a Tuesday. <laughs> this right. is a big deal. Um, or or you can get the African uh, lion ragu, maybe for the lighter appetite, and mm-hmm. then there's the mm-hmm. uh, the steak and then the chopped sirloin, which I see. I'd imagine is more like a chop steak. That one only goes for seven seventy five. But uh, mm. what a time! Um, yeah. yeah, and it is very. It, I mean, that definitely adds. This is from 1968. All right, there's the date. Okay, on so it. yeah,
1: so that's yeah, and the, I think the hippo <laughs> menu was early. Oh night. yeah,
0: where's the hippo? How much is the hippo? I don't go know
1: for? if I don't. I don't think I found a hippo menu to, to, to...
0: No, but the reindeer that oh, yeah, was the, only. All right,
1: there was Norwegian reindeer, right? Or yeah. was it Norwegian reindeer?
0: Norwegian reindeer, seven dollars <laughs> for that plate. It's served with uh, um, hunter sauce and wild rice. Um,
1: was that made out of Hunter?
0: <laughs> then you had the Australian hare from uh, oh, the right. land down under, served with uh, sautéed with chicken livers and in a delicious wine and tarragon sauce. Interesting. Hmm. Born too late, I guess. He was
1: definitely pushing the limits <laughs> of, of cuisine. And then later he owned, um, and it might have overlapped, I'm not sure, but he also owned Fleur de Lis, which was um, a fancy restaurant that was in Cunahy Tower.
0: Oh, okay. We're uh, Bacchus's Bacchus now. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. Got it. So uh, Frenchie's obviously was this probably east side. I mean, a lot of people knew about it. Of course, how could they not with this menu? And it was
1: there for, you know, it was there for a long time. It was there from the mid-40s into the mid-70s. So, it, I mean, I guess 30 years doesn't sound like that long, but uh, 1945 yeah. to 1975 Absolutely. sounds pretty long. And I think he might have owned, there was um, a bar on that, in those buildings right there too, where Frenchie's was. Um, called, I think, the Red Feather. And I think he may have owned the Red Feather, too, before that.
0: Got it. So when does it become Beans and Barley?
1: So Beans and Barley started on further up Murray on a building that's still there that was a, a bike shop was okay. there, um, right across from the Jazz Estate.
0: Okay, so like right around the corner yeah. where it is now.
1: Yeah. Um, and it was there for a couple of years, and then I think it moved into um, to the current location in the late 70s.
0: Okay. Yeah. And it's been running since as mm-hmm. in kind of the same concept the whole time. Has it always been kind of a grocery store and yeah, healthy sp- fresh foods? Yeah.
1: And I think the restaurant expanded when, when they rebuilt, they ended up that was the first time they had the entire upstairs of the building. Because in the old building they had sort of their the half closer to Kenilworth and the half that was closer to North Avenue was um for a while it was a record store. And then at the end, it was a liquor store that had also moved over from Murray. I just wanted to make sure that we mentioned uh, that before Frenchie bought the land, it was actually owned by the city because it was the, oh, yeah, those early the North days, Avenue yeah. Green Market. Oh, okay. And so, in like the, um, I have a photo in the story from the '30s of um, market stalls. So, like a basically, you know, wallless buildings with a, a roof over the top for people to vendors to set up stalls for for a green market so that was there for at least a few decades and right next to it was an octagonal um brick comfort station
0: a comfort station
1: also known as a public toilet
0: ah okay <laughs> continuing the theme from yes. last week that's perfect so, yeah
1: so that was what was there before that and then i went back to the old maps that i always go back to and, and in 1910 um there was pretty much nothing on the site the, the the beans parking lot had those buildings we talked about earlier but where the actual building is now um, didn't have anything before the market was built,
0: well, such an interesting east side story, and a lot of spots that residents uh i suppose even newer residents would recognize i mean these these this is it's always been kind of an actively changing part of the city and um you know just the nineteen ninety three fire I think might be something that a lot of listeners didn't even know about or don't yeah, remember yeah. or I know. think if
1: you're old enough, you remember it for sure, you know everybody who was on the east side at the time. Um, either living there or working there, just hanging out there, remembers that. It's like the Century Hall fire a few years before that, then the Pizza Man fire more recently.
0: That must have been, I mean, 1993, that must have been devastating.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, people were just, there were hundreds and hundreds of people there. People saw the smoke from really long distances, and you you just saw it and you just ran right over to see what was going on. There were just tons of people there. And, and like it is now, beans and barley was beloved at the time. And that's sort of the remarkable thing, I think, about Beans, too, which says a lot about its business, that all these years later, it not only still survives, but it's still such a, like a an attraction for so many people, right? I mean, who just love it and go there and it's a meeting place and it's a shopping place and you go there and everybody knows everybody else and it's that's kind of a great thing.
0: Yeah, so lots of East Side history, lots of great pictures too if you want to see those, those before and after comparisons, the then and now, which are always so cool to see those side-by-sides. Go to our website, radiomilwaukee.org. We always have a link to Bobby's story and you can find it in the info box of whatever platform you're using to listen right now to. We always drop the links in there. So go check out Bobby's story, see those pictures and hey, uh, check out previous episodes. Last week, I think, one of the more unusual ones we've ever done, Bobby, <laughs> the uh, the hidden underground toilets underneath two of Milwaukee's boulevards.
1: Well, you know, I wrote these stories. These stories actually ran on, on Milwaukee the same week and everybody was joking about how I was obsessed with writing about toilets because in the public toilet <laughs> at the bean. And barley location and the uh, underground toilets in
0: the Well, you never know what you're going to find on your... toilets. Yeah. baby.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can find it at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcast and on whatever app you're using right now. Podcasts here on 88.9 produced by Kenny Perez, handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab with support from Landmark Credit Union and from On Milwaukee. Please do subscribe to this podcast and all of 88.9's podcasts, including our very newest and latest Diverse Disruptors Season 2, hosted by Tariq Moody. You can find it all at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcast. Please do remember, too, uh, while you're while you're uh, subscribing, please rate and review the podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. All right, Bobby, Public Toilet's not on the uh, the docket for next week. I don't, I don't week. think we'll, so, no. We'll, we'll find no. something else to talk about.
1: We'll move on to that. <laughs> all
0: right, Bobby, talk to you then.
1: Talk to you then.